you personally is the one that you would say you want to work. You know, like, so it's like, it's actually, it's like pointing at you and going, you're shit at your time, but you don't have to do that because they choose it on the board. Then you write their name and what they've said they're not good at. And then you focus on that for the rest of the lesson. You keep coming back to it. Mm. It's like, oh, so how, what are you doing to do that? Are you applying anything that I've taught you? What like, you know, like singing a bit of the tune or just kind of, I don't know, like listening to the guitar part maybe in the chorus because it's got loads of rhythm in it. You can get the Oh yeah, they try. It's just like everything you said is there. They get it, but they're just a bit like too uncomfortable in their own skin to focus. That's it, it's. I got that today. It was it was quite hard, as you say. That double that checking yourself and thinking, "Fuck, I've lost them. Am I boring them?" That's the worst thing, isn't it? Mm. When you see them, just their eyes just peel away, and they've gone. But like you said, they are listening. They can process a million mm. different things at one time. And having that sort of compliment at the end hit me. I was just like, shit, I was, I was winging it for a bit there. <laughs> because, you know, the concept of what are you trying to communicate through your kit, through your instrument? Yeah. That's deep shit. Yeah. Not even degree level. That's like, I don't know, when when would you maybe kind of incorporate an idea like that, sort of <laughs> existential? It's a bit would like... Would you do that? I don't know. It's a bit like that thing of saying your name. Do you know what I mean? How do you say your name? Brian Hogan. If you say it like that, <laughs> and, you yeah. know, someone says, what's that guy's name? Yeah. You go, it's Brian Hogan. Because mm-hmm. that's what you heard. If, like, do you know what I mean? If you say yeah. it the way you want it... So if it's in your head, it can come out of your mouth. So therefore should be able to come out your sticks, fingers, whatever. But making that connection between... Yeah, I think that's the missing link, is like making senses. students realise mm. that actually that that is the most important thing. is, and, and that's the thing that you need to have there all the time. Yeah. In order to say what you mean every time you play. You know, like, I, what is the phrase? Sticks to your lips. Do you know what I mean? Sticks to your lips. We have a nugget. I think that's a nugget. Yeah. We have we have the first nugget, don't we? Yeah. Sticks are your lips. It's a bit sexy as well. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Or is that just me? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, are the fingers are, are the fingers of your lips? Are the you know the the right hand? If you're a guitarist, the right hand movement, the ups and downs are your your expression of how you perceive the yeah the thing. And I'm, I suppose I'm talking rhythm, but actually, it's the same for tone and. You know, if you if you want to say Meow, on the guitar, yeah. you've got to say it and you've got to understand what it is. And didn't say Richie Sambora have that? Yeah, wow, wow. Is any of that on Living on a Player? Is that a thing in his mouth? Oh, a vocoder oh, thing. Is it vocoder thing? I think so. Yeah. So it's like literally. a wire, it's like a what do you call it? It's where they put a tube in the mouth. I'm just trying to and play funny. guitar. I don't know what it's <laughs> called. I think it's vocoder. Yeah. Okay, so um, right, that was a podcast. Cheers. <laughs> um, Hello, welcome. Um, this is podcast three. Sorry, you, you, um, I kind of inadvertently pressed record as we were chatting then because I thought it was really, it was gold. We're kind of debriefing after a day. Day of teaching. Of teaching, which the first part of the conversation was a little bit rum, <laughs> especially from me, I'll admit. <laughs> Any teachers out there can probably relate to 
that first sort of five minutes of coming <laughs> through the door. Um, and then it, it got a little bit more sort of uh, positive, inclusive. Like that. Yeah? Yeah. So it, we're trying to sort of turn it round and understand relevance, um, how we can make it better. Well, we were sort of as well, we were shoehorning some of our nuggets or philosophies into other instrument arenas, which is, which is a, it's a nice link because I think soon we've got a guest coming on, Mm. uh, at some point soon, hopefully Mm -hmm. we've got a guest coming on who plays a different instrument. So it'd be, it'll be interesting to sort of get their take on some of those things. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, like we were saying there, you know, a lot of it. A lot of your music is how you would speak. A lot of the way, yeah. <clears throat> literally, how you speak. Is it that thing where they say that a person's personality, you can hear it in their drumming? So, you know, we listen to Vinnie Colaiuta and then you meet, you meet him or you sort of happen chance on an interview mm. and you kind of go, oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. That's exactly what, you know, beautiful guy, amazing guy, intelligent guy, deep lots to say about lots of great things not always about music much more a life kind of mm. open-minded soul that that's that's key i think uh, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about we do talk about um and in the wider sort of context of of, of drumming i think it does have a lot of impact in just you know the wider sense of confidence, as we said before, might be boring myself here, but in 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 in, in terms of coordination, confidence, body confidence, body awareness, spatial awareness, mm. proprioception, vocabulary, communication, you know, all these kind of central words to 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 development feel touch sensitivity dynamics in essence what i suppose what you're saying i think is mm-hmm. it's not all about the practice it's about the journey exactly. exactly i don't mean that in a kind of um you know it's about the journey folks i don't mean it like that <laughs> i, I kind of mean it like um the richer you are as a person the richer you are as a soul as a spirit and all that stuff the richer you are the richer you are yeah and the, the more full you are in terms of things to say, approaches to dealing with different situations. You know, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that parallels with life in there, I think. I, honestly, I, and, and I, would, I would say that applies to any instrument. Definitely, yeah. Um, any new skill allows us to connect with us in the now, uh, in this day and age, with you know being overstimulated, uh, over worried, over anxious, if there's a, a, a moment overfaced, overfaced, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, it's not it's not stopping. No, um, and if there's a moment where you, you you can be disciplined enough to do say mindfulness or, or or go for a walk or you know take yourself out of your norm practicing or or understanding the journey of progression yeah totally let me fix my mic yes. 
That's better. Yeah, that's me. There you think go. Something really good, but I've forgotten what it was. In my experience, <laughs> <laughs> let it go, man. It's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll circle. Have you back. got any sort of? Lo- have you got any along your journey? Because your journey's very different to mine. Uh-huh. Have you got any um, nuggets of wisdom that kind of parallel life? What was your sort of first? Let me think about this. How do I want to ask you this? You started playing. You're having fun. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. What was the first time you encountered an issue in your playing that you thought, "All oh, right, I better get serious about this"? What was the situation? What did you do about it? How did you overcome the issue? The uh, uh, the only one that, that springs to mind was was a um, a rehearsal at uh, the church hall in Tottington, and this was like super early. Um, it's where I did my, you know, Cubs and Scouts and grew up. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I remember um, building the kit because there were no there were no legs on the on the kick drum. All oh, right, okay. So, two fire extinguishers either side. <laughs> Snare drum was, was, was battered, pitted. And literally, I, I had to build it and I just thought I had this kind of I think that was the paradigm shift it was I'm invested in this I really I really like this yeah so I it was the sort of mechanics of putting it together in terms of the instrument and your sort of physiology playing the instrument kind of thing because I'm building it around me right yeah so that sparked off that well it's it's designed to, to move to your specification right um, which then gave me confidence to think that I'm in control of this thing mm-hmm. so it would be without sounding too deep about it, it it would be an extension of what I'm trying to say excellent yeah so it's you know your new pair of trainers or whatever yeah do you know what I'm saying it's it's like uh, yeah you, you once you wear them in and they're molded to you then they yeah, become a, a part. Way, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, like when you turn up at a gig and it's someone else's drums, but you sort of tune them back to where you're used to hearing them because it's your comfort zone, kind of thing. Yeah, and and that that sort of um, that that widens the more confident you are in your own abilities. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you, you know, when you've got the right sticks and you've got the right weight, as soon as you get those sticks in your hand, it is that right. e- extension. So, what was the issue? You know, like, so was the issue having to deal with the kit, or was it? Yeah. Well, okay. Having to deal with the kit, so it put me right on the spot, right? Because you know everybody else had an amp, a guitar, yeah, a microphone, and we had right. the PA. And right. It was all working. Yeah. And my stuff just wasn't. <laughs> so it was like get your shit together. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think I don't know. It, it was definitely a moment where I thought. I've kind of I've, yeah, I've 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 built it. Yeah, I built it around. So when me. you when you got the sponsorship and all that and all the big all the big money was thrown at you because uh-huh. it was getting bigger and better. Uh-huh. Was that just an extension of what you'd yeah. set up before? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. It was. It was like it was just it was it was great because I don't know I had I was always tinkering I was always messing around yeah. I was always 
mo- moving stuff. I think I think any drummer's like that because we we you know we're, we're proper gear nerds. Yeah, magpies. We're like shiny stuff. Um, and I think that's good for your progression, good for your development, good for your awareness. If you're constantly moving stuff, mm. you know you're not you're not static, and that where it differs from other instruments it's funny that because I've never been like that I've, I've, you not? I've got the same you like same set the same shit that I'm I've in. got for ages and don't change it yeah. I look at the price go how much and then I'm waiting <laughs> for a sponsor you know like I haven't got a sponsor so it's yeah. like any sponsors out there no, I've got a sponsor so it's one of those things where it's like um, I pay for it you know um, well it's that investment yeah but it's but at the same time I've never chased any of that I could have had all that but mm. I couldn't be bothered with the sort of at the time there was a lot of like you had to do um clinic things with it or you had to go and represent and i, I just right. have no interest in any of that yeah it's yeah, not yeah. who i am either really i mean educationally i'd love that mm. but a lot of the things at that time when i was sort of cutting my teeth was more about how fast you could play really and i wasn't into it quantity i think now it's great because you've got you, you know you've got your drummers that are just like groove people who come up and talk and passion passionately about all that stuff yeah yeah and about sound and you know your ash zones and your whoever mm-hmm. um and physiology like dave elitz you know there's a lot of drummers that talk about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and it's like suddenly we've woken up and grown up to what the drums is <laughs> it's not a singer uh and look, well it is in some situations but in most situations for most people it's at the back doing a supportive thing you know mm. and that's where there's a lot of missed joy because it's great, isn't it? It is. And and being able to not switch off, but switch off and just appreciate, take everything in. When you were playing big gigs with Elbow, mm-hmm. um, was the situation, did it get to the point where you're just like dead comfy, get on stage, almost like the gig was a minor inconvenience. It was like part of the day that you did, like you, you're off in this mm-hmm. beautiful part of the world, you're checking things out, you're eating beautiful food, staying in nice hotels, and then you've got the gig. Mm-hmm. And if you've done the gig every night, for 30 nights, same tunes, same arrangements, same parts. I used to like, I used to thrive on the fact that there'd be a challenge within it, like yeah, that groove wasn't quite the way I wanted it. Like, and so you're aiming for the bullseye every time, I like that. Because I think that's where I carved my skill set. So, for me, it was it was, yeah, it was always that kind of trying to get better. Mm. I think the fact that we were we would we were drinking at the time, and not in that sort of mindset of you know getting leathered. Yeah, you know, we do that after the show, but you know for the show. That would be part of it. So you would be steadily drinking through the show. Some of us would. Right. Others not. Um, and it was it was a it was a pie. It was that was that was the reason for all the sort of hard work, the sacrifice, seeing your mates go off to uni, getting jobs, having money, having a car. Mm. You know, it's not to boo hoo, but it's like. You know, the, the, there's there's a there's a huge element of sacrifice. If, mm. You know, to be a um, a musician, uh, let alone one who actually earns any money <laughs> from it. Um, so when we went out touring, especially the big venues, it's like fuck, what? Mm. 
and I kind of try and relate it back when I, you know in in sort of seminars and and whatever and also one to ones it's like yeah we earned that we 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 got up there and and you know people want to not only listen to the music and relate to the music um but they also want to identify with the lifestyle yeah and the people yeah and the people you know was your approach to that that sort of party thing was that because the music was all good or was it just more that at your age at that level at that time maybe whatever it was more like wow this let's just enjoy this let's just enjoy this it's like you know there's fucking 18,000 people out there this is this is getting a bit silly (laughs) do you know what I mean or we're getting pissed with Brian May at the Olympics and it's like what Um, so again it's 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 processing all of all of the sort of extraneous stuff yeah the, you know, we 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 buckled down and we did the work, uh, did the pre-productions. You know, rehearsed it not to death, but we also had that confidence in our own abilities. Yeah, you know, we knew that you know mistakes will be made, just gremlins. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. But overall, um, I think I think we we actually sort of. This was in the one of the sort of early manifestos. Is like, you know, we want to look round at each other and go, "Fucking hell, mm. this is amazing." Yeah, yeah. Rather than, you know, in bar thirty-seven of yeah, know, which which is fine. Well, it's just a different thing to the musical sort of like myself going through college. And all well, that I was going to say that that you know, different. It's going to be different for you. So how? different was it in terms of jumping from so amateur to professional how different was it um i never did amateur i know that sounds really no no but but basically from being a kid it was like straight into a youth orchestra or a brass band or anything to do with playing music and obviously both of those things are relatively formal but you still Mm. cut your teeth you're listening to an orchestra for dynamics placement you're ignoring a conductor quite often. <laughs> you're, um, you know, you're just sort of, you're aware of sound, you're reading rhythms, mm. you're, it's all about achieving that objective of getting the music sounding good, even though it's might not be your bag. Right. So, so you're so driven from a, a kid to, to arrive at that, and that's, that just stays, I think. And then when the sort of fame bit comes in, where people are like jumping up and down to a song that you're playing that's a big hit, it's just a bonus. It's just like, yeah. thank goodness for that. I know that what I'm doing playing from my heart, playing from my soul, and trying to achieve that good music is bringing that energy. Um, first sort of big session that you had, tell me um, how did it come about? First big if you, session. If you remember, who is the artist and how did it, was it, was it word of mouth? It, was it recommendation? Define it big. Just, That's the weird uh, one, isn't it? Of its time, current of its time. Because you've done, you've, I mean, you've done some... Yeah, I've done some stuff, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm trying to think about what it was. I mean, for me, I was at college. I remember my peers, a couple of years above me, were starting a band that was mixed of originals and covers, but they were all sort of doing really good things. They were all off doing uh, sort of high-profile, semi-high-profile bands. So they were kind of pro, Mm -hmm. and they'd left, and I was still at college. And I had this band, and I was like, "That that is good. I need to be a part of that. And at the time... The drummer was Andy Treacy. So Mr. I was like, Tracy. yeah, yeah. So I was like, uh, do you want a percussionist? 
So I got in there and played percussion and just loved being in it. It was right. just amazing to me that the music sounded great and I could play percussion. And loved it. Um, and then we used to do gigs where, like, I remember we, we, one of our band members knew Hamish Stewart, the average white band guy, the singer who'd just done Paul McCartney, world tour. And he's doing nothing. It's like, uh, do you fancy coming down and joining us? And he was like, yeah. So he came down what? and he did, um, he did some of the average white band tunes and he did a few things that he'd written with, I can't remember who'd written them with, but for Shaka Khan. And we just, you know, things like what you're going to do for me and stuff like that. We're playing them with him and just absolutely loving the fact that, wow, we're playing with him. And we'd get different guests, a guy called Snake Davis, a sax player, play mm -hmm. with like M People, Lisa Stansky. So high profile things, but I'm not high profile, I'm just in this band. And then... Doing Perk. Doing Perk. Right. Andy Treacy got Tinnitus. And he was off doing Groove Armada and Faithless and various different things. Mm. And it was like they needed someone to do it. And it was like, well, I'll have a go. <laughs> and, it, uh, you know, it was like a big leap up for me. So suddenly I'm playing these things. It was it was actually some Tower of Power tunes in there and some really difficult. Is that stuff that you'd, you'd, you'd played anyway? Were you no, into I'd that stuff? I played it, but hand to hand <laughs> on congas, yeah. playing patterns that, you know, just, just different. On the drums, it's four limbs. Yeah. It's holding the band. It's knowing the tempo. It's not just joining in with the party. It's like you're kind of, you're you're driving the bus. Yeah. And um, the big leap, managed it. Just about managed it. I felt. Um, still knew I was cutting my teeth. But then over time it got better. And some of those guests started saying, "Do you want to? Have you got? A, do you want to do this gig?" So my first big break, I guess, was with the sax player that was on that gig, Snake Davis, who said, mm -hmm. "Do you want to come and do some gigs?" And it was supporting. Lisa Stansfield at the time, mm -hmm. and then he started doing other gigs, and I realised he was MD for uh, M People, so I started working with Heather Small um, wow. off the back of that for 13 years, and then from that I did things like um, Errol Brown's Farewell Tour and loads of soul things like The Drifters, Supremes, Benny King, Gary Ewers, loads of loads of soul things, and then from that I did the radio thing in in London with a guy called Elio Pace. Yeah. And my friend Neil on bass, who we're hopefully getting coming in. Mm -hmm. But that was like a guest every week. And so my CV looks ridiculous, but I've just been a lucky sod. <laughs> uh, but, you know, some of them shows I'll listen back, I go, that's me. I, I quite like yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? I'm proud. Do yeah. you get that? Yeah, definitely. And then other ones you look kind of, oh, I Could wish have I'd have just spent a minute longer on that one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We should have orchestrated that differently or just got inside that a bit more. But See, that's, the, that's the love, isn't it? You've got yeah. a constant character. But, you, but you're still there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're not sort of reliving it or, or critiquing it. You, you just you are still there. You know exactly the the the, the smells and the feels and the and the sounds. Yeah. Um, and the confidence thing from that, I think, is it creates this richness where, mm. like I was talking to you about the teaching, where it's okay to screw up in front of them because you don't care anymore. No. When you were 20 and you were cutting your teeth and you were a bit shit, you kind of I would have really cared. Like oh, I'd have been devastated. Mm. Now it's just like whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I pulled a shocker on the triplet paradiddle even just before when I was trying to show you when I did it in front of the in front of the kids. I was like, "I'm really sorry about that." Um, you know what you're doing. I, I just thought, oh, I, "Yeah, I don't, I don't really. It's no. fine. Yeah. I, I don't sweat that." Yeah, <laughs> I think. Um, so your TV, your radio thing. It was radio when it was on the red button. Yeah. So describe, because I know we've we've talked about it, but I don't think we, we've talked about it on here, oh, have we? No, probably not. It was just a great experience because, you know, living in Manchester, mm. I wasn't lit in London. And um, 
the BBC producer wanted the, the session orchestra, but Terry Wogan wanted our band. He'd seen us. We were just like a, a covers band, right? And he loved the band. He was like, I want that band. What, did he, he, he saw the band he requested randomly? Us. Yeah. He requested Elio and the band. So we did this thing, and we did a pilot, and it was like Jamie Cullum and Tony Christie and... <laughs> Just loads of like sort of British celebs, yeah. And we played some songs with them, and then and it went well. And so, so then they wanted the series to run, and it ran, you know. And it was on Red Button on TV and everything. But I loved it because like I get down to London from Manchester every week on the yeah. five o'clock train or something. Get into BBC London, rehearse, and you're rehearsing with like just utter legends. Yeah. Can't believe, yeah. you know, like who's today John Legend, right? Okay, who's who's next week Beverly Knight? Who's next? You know some proper sort of pinch myself moments Huey Lewis getting to play the power of love with Huey Lewis <laughs> or Glenn Campbell you know he was in Elvis's band Jesus um, I remember once Herman Matthews came in no with way. one of the Eagles Timothy B. Schmidt came in and um, he was digging the band <laughs> he was watching waiting going this is cool and he said to me and the bass player can I get a picture with you guys you know you just got, you stop and go what yeah uh, but yeah. I've been watching DVDs of you for years, mate, <laughs> with Kenny Loggins and whoever, you know. So, yeah, um, I just love the fact that it was scary, really seat-of-the-pants scary. Rehearse it, okay. Next day, you're in live, Sunday morning, live, on the radio. Record button goes on, live audience, and you've got to play live. You got There's no tracks, there's no clicks. There's a, a little kind of theme tune, a shuffle theme tune, and that fades out. The producer wants you to count in as it's fading out. So Jeez, the start I'm going to be telling song, you about this. Oh yeah, my. so you've got to Ooh. absolutely own the tempo and the feel and then come in with confidence, hold the first two, three bars, know that you're okay, trust yourself, trust your sound, trust your choices, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> just trust. Uh, and I think that's where... That's a big thing, actually. It's not just about the parts and the reading and all that. That was Because mm. all the reading was just pop reading. It wasn't, like, ridiculously hard. Right. It was more about getting inside that groove and the sonic and making the band just come alive and making the audience love it. How... Okay. How... What was... How did it bring... How did you get to that point to, to be able to come in off that, off that shuffle? Right, we're going... Live. What have you yeah. had? You had any radio really experience good. before? Did you? Did no. you think, or, what, or was it just? I'm gonna fucking nail this. Well, no, I never had that. I'm gonna nail it. There was always, you know, squeaky really? bum time. Yeah, always. Yeah, squeaky bum. But yeah. but underneath there was this that sort of steeliness. We've we've, well, we've, we've we talked before, about you've, it before. All you've got is yourself. That's all you've got. Whether you, whether you're on live on radio or you're in on a gig at a local pub, like you've got yourself, and that's it. And it's whether you care enough. So if you're in that pub and you're not asked, you'll play and you don't really care. But if you go to that pub and you have the mentality, no, I'm going to nail it, I'm going to record it, I'm going to listen back to it, and I'm, I want to smile when I listen back to it, mm. then that's the same as what I was doing. So I always had that from being a kid. It's like, I want to play and I want it to sound great. That's all I love about it. It was funny, that's exactly what we were talking about today in terms of what are you wanting to communicate through your kit. Mm. And one of them said... I want to be, oh, what did he say? Um, I want to be respected. Right, yeah. I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. I like that. And did he define no. how he could be respected? No. Oh, okay. I think because it was it was diplomas, and this this um, 
this guy was you know he, he is playing outside of um, you know where we are at the minute yeah um, so he's actually doing it in, in sort of real world Gigging. context yeah um, and I just thought I actually I want to listen to how you play now and try and get in your head and, and mm -hmm. understand how you're going to get to that point and like you've just said like recording yourself listen, listening back to yourself and, and thinking yeah I think I've I think I've got it there. There was a famous, it's not famous quote, but there's a, there's a, you know those DVDs that you can get in the 80s of like Steve Gadd, DCI DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously every drummer out there has seen them. Pro probably most every musician seen them. And you've got the likes of Richard T on there. And I remember Richard T, the piano player, saying music, it just exists. He was talking about tempo or groove or something. He just said, music's there. It's just there in the air. Mm. It exists. All you got to do is kind of I, th I think it's something like all you got to do is kind of grab on and hold tight kind of thing like it's there just join it and it was like that makes so much sense and then Pete yeah. Erskine said something as well the respected incredible Pete Erskine said you know think of musical phrasing as the tapestry of your coat right so you yeah. got you got you know the guitar is one side of your jacket the bass or the singer is the other side you're the zipper you pull it all together. You pull it all together. But yeah. you, you need to know those things. You know, they need to be part of you. So you yeah. need to hear them and feel them. And But then you just slot inside of that. So there were things like that, nuggets of wisdom like that, that mm. played a part in me being able to internalize the groove and the time. And then on top of that, just kind of, I remember you sort of, I sort of like, okay, there's the tempo. I'd, I'd mark the tempos with a click. Yeah. It's like to get inside it, I'd have to kind of cherry pick little moments within each song so it might be the the first line of the verse and the guitar part of the chorus put mm. them together and sort of repeat them like a jive bunny master mix in my head yeah yeah and yeah. it's like and then it's like okay i'm inside it now and once you feel it inside it just comes out if if your hands are good which in most of the playing situations in a popular setting they are it's not like you're doing you know multiple it, layers of rhythm yeah again that groove. key that keystone if you're able to sort of listen to rhythmic elements, but step back from it, remain mm. objective, and keep that middle ground. Yeah, it's the it's the Ash show and no Phil Phil. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Oh God, yes. Yeah, I think all, all the all the people in the room are going, you know, losing the fucking marbles. Yeah. Rightly definitely. so, because the whole you know whole of that series, uh, phenomenal. You know, the Vic Firth one and the, and the Zildjian one. Um, was a great showcase for drummers. Yeah. But again, it's the, it's the chop element. Yeah. It's the filling of time. Rather than empty it out. Rather than doing what, I don't know, um, we do best, should I say? Or what our job is. Yeah. Is, is to mark it and keep it solid. Mm -hmm. um, with the occasional bit of, you know, magic chucked in there but still for the song I don't know that's just that's just me being subjective I think one of the ones that's really important to be aware of certainly as a drummer I don't know what it is this is why it would be interesting to speak to other musicians but mm. I try and teach my drummers that you, you need like a solid foundation rhythmically but you also need to be flexible in, in that so that yeah. you can hear and understand how other instruments phrase around you mm. um, 
and I always use the, the analogy of like a DSLR camera, you know, like a yeah. the lens on a camera. If I zoom in on something in the distance, then I can get that depth of field thing where the foreground is out of focus. Yeah. Now, I can also f zoom in on what's in front of me, and the background will be out of focus, if I want it that way. Mm. As a drummer, those two things are represented by solid time, mm -hmm. item one, <laughs> in or out of focus, and flexi time, like mm. color voce, moving with how the chorus wants to sit back a little bit, or the verse, you know, whatever it is, those kind of subtle nuances that create the magic mm. is item two to focus on or not. You have to uh, flex. You, sometimes you sit right in the middle, both things are in focus. Sometimes you prioritize center, your own center. Sometimes you let go and flow with the thing. And all of those things are necessary as a drummer. It's like yeah. a beautiful, you know, it's, that's why it's such a magical place to be. Mm. Be interesting to see what other musicians think about that. But that's the way I kind of try and teach it. Yeah, and that's the way I think about it. Well, it's 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 enthusing drummers specifically into thinking that way, o opening up their vocabulary, opening up their <sighs> minds <laughs> to those concepts. Well, you know what that is, don't you? Mm. Give a shit. Give a shit. Because I think the got another nugget. No, but it's like that give a shitness. It should be yeah. the title of a lesson. It should. Like, how much do you care, and how much do you believe you can achieve what you what you hear in your head, the way you think it should be? Mm. Do you actually believe that you're ever going? Because I think a lot of kids, and and professionals sometimes they don't know how, a how it should sound, or they do know how it should sound. They don't get there, and they just think it's just hours of practice. Yeah. And it's not. It's actually like sometimes it's just awareness. I think. You're right. I think I, I completely agree that it think is about it awareness. Think about it, but think about it while you're doing it. Yeah, that's where the that's where the the the, the skill of it might be, um, in terms of being able to have a conversation while you're playing. Yeah, which I think is I I always try and do that. It's, it's a bit of a fun thing, but there is a there is a a, a much deeper. Um, uh, uh, aspect to it or context to it when you, you, you speak but you don't speak in the rhythm that you're playing yeah yeah it's that separation isn't it yeah have I spoke about this I, I'm getting a bit of deja vu but that whole go for a coffee me and you couple next door to us having an argument yeah you, we can still hold our conversation know what we're saying but we can't help but we can't resist <laughs> but kind of I can't are they arguing about? <laughs> um, I love it. it that's a bit like playing so you, yeah. I think when you play and it's nailed if the physiology's right, if the, if you know, if if the mechanics are right and mm. the 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 physiology is like walking, yeah. you know, you don't think about walking, you just walk, and it, you don't think, oh, I better speed up now, so you just do it. Um, I think the same can be said for for our drumming. There's a yeah. point where the body takes over, and at that point, you can sort of sit above it like a ghost and sort of let it happen. You're still aware of it, like the married couple next door, but. You don't need to focus on it quite so heavily. Well, it's the driving, isn't it? Driving, listening to music. Yeah. You know, having a chat. You know. Um, How do yeah. you get there, though? I think you make it a deliberate practice thing. So when you're practicing, it's not just yeah. about the notes. It's about like sort of playing it enough, just playing it to death. No fills. Play that groove to death. No fills. Play <laughs> it until the body starts to go. 
you know what? I think I've found home with that one. It's kind of sitting in. It physically feels right. It sounds right. I always Give say it's, it, it's like that's when you start thinking about what you're going to have for tea. Yeah. As soon as you start thinking about food, predominantly, yeah. usually. <laughs> um, that's when it's kind of in. But that's when that when the, you should play more the same groove and actually think, oh, hello. Right. I, I'm actually having... What have I got to do tomorrow? Actively think of, of what you've got to do tomorrow. Yeah. But still think about yeah. what you're playing. I don't know. Minutiae. But it's, it is, it's giving a shit. It's... In your situation, you've had to give a shit. Because you knew, didn't you, that, you you know, okay, tomorrow night I'm playing Madison Square Garden or whatever. I've, I need to be, you know, maybe not tomorrow night, next year, next month. You, you know that there's a objective that you've got to meet and there's a skill set that you've got to have. Yeah. As well as the party thing and the amazing journey. Yeah. There's actually a job to do. And you want to do that to keep that job. Yeah. So you're going to give a shit on that level as well as musically. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it, it, it's it's to sort of lighten it. It's like not to get a bollocking. Yeah. At least of all off yourself. Yeah. Because there's, there's nothing worse than, you know, you, you, ha- you have to get to a point where you are communicating the, the, the sentiment of the song. And if you're too wrapped up in thinking, how do I look? Um, you know, um, w- one of my drums is walking away or the hi-hat's not right or this, that and the other. You, you know, you get distracted. It's yeah. like you, you want to be in that moment. And that is the drug of choice of being lost in that music, which on a business tip to be a little ice cold, that's what people are buying into. Yeah, That's what they want to do and that's why they buy a ticket to come to a gig to experience you lot going nuts up there and yeah. sounding good and sounding together <clears throat> and that bond and that you know brotherhood sisterhood kind of thing everybody's working together for this for this show mm. um what drives there's you a lot to, in that sentence what, sorry <laughs> what drives you to sort of um you know you're talking about translating that song Mm. communicating that song and that's kind of the focal point Mm. what drives you so for example me quite often it's the rhythm the rhythmic aspect of something in some cases where it's a lyrical really heavy lyrical tune and you know the lyrics are really important yeah then maybe the sonic or the kind of aesthetic you know is it zhush 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 or is it bang 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 yeah yeah you know those kind of things what's the attack what's the what's the vibe um, but those kind of things drive me, the sonic and the rhythm. What drives you to sort of communicate? Is there any specific things that sort of come to the cream of the crop kind of thing? Exactly that. Sonic and the rhythm. Yeah. It's it, it's being able to find the, the, the most empathic, sympathetic noise that allows the rest of the song, the melody, the sentiment, the feel, the lyrics the emotion to be clearly communicated. So most of the elbow stuff was very cyclical, very, very loop driven. There weren't mm-hmm. any, you know, superfluous fills. It was it was very much, you know, um, meat and veg. But, you know, we and then I took time to make sure that quality meat it was it was yeah free rent organic <laughs> yeah, the, fucking, yeah. the best yeah you know i mean they had a good life yeah yeah um 
because it was talked about. Did you find that you had to, so, you know, most drummers, particularly student drummers, approach meat and veg, as mm -hmm. if you will, you know, the, the meat and potatoes of the thing, in a very formulaic fashion. So therefore, kick and snare, hi-hats. There's very little expansion to the things that you speak of in terms of sympathy with lyrics, sympathy mm -hmm. with sentiment, feel, attack, tempo, sonic, you know, all those kind of yeah. things that actually... Juicy. Yeah, they, they're, they're like the glitter on it, you know, they're, they're like the, the magic. Mm. Um, how did you go about that? Did you, was there sort of a lot of exploration? Were you in a cave in the in the woods and with some beers and stuff? <laughs> been, and in a, been in a few caves. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think it was just the, the fact of the time spent with each other. We we understood, you know, the musicians speak. Yeah. Can you make it sound a bit boom slap? Right. Yeah, you know okay. exactly yeah, yeah. that that is. You know, it's a mallet on a floor tom, not a kick. Right. For the boom is 16, 16, 40, 16, 16 Right. Yeah. You would say boosh. You'd have that boom, that flabbiness. Yeah. And then the slap would be the that be two pieces of wood. So we had. Um, Oh Christ! I can't remember the name of the song. Oh my God, this is bad. Um, one track, the 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 hand clap mm -hmm. on the record was was two pieces of wood right, yeah. that we looked for when we were at Blueprint. So there was like bits of wood, like in the room, um, and we took time. So right, sorry, yeah, it's all coming back now. <laughs> Bear with me. Hunt the sound. Right, so there's a there's a um, true story about um, loneliness of a tower crane driver, okay. And on that record, we we were um, at Blueprint Studios, and we 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 always kind of referenced uh, Radiohead when they got to OK Computer. They had a wish list mm -hmm. because of the success of the bands. They had a, a wish list of like whatever you want to make this next record you can have yeah and you know go anywhere to record it and, and blah 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 and that comes through in the record mm -hmm. because they there was no parameters it was just literally go play kind of thing go play mm -hmm. you, you, you've earned your chops you know they, they they were you know formidable as a band as a unit um, and they made OK Computer and that changed everything Um not to make and be, you know, <laughs> dare I compare ourselves to, to, to Radiohead, but we were able to spend time on the record, which I think is is in direct relevance to what you can communicate. So to, 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 to fuck about with bits of wood and different tunings, heads, different guitars, blah, 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 you know, it... it how did you we evaluate? You know, how did you evaluate? So, you, so you, you got a piece of wood and a crocodile's tail and the wisp of a dragon's <laughs> nose hair, and you slam them together. How do you know, man? How do you sort of? Is it one of them things where you hear the sound and just, you all you look just at know you it. just all look at each other? And go, you just know it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It, Isn't that amazing? It, it's, as, it's as ridiculous as that because Tower Crane, there was there was a noise that guy heard in his head of this boing, yeah, every second snare. 
and obviously the, the the snares were like it was like a, a bit of a roll and then a a, a tambourine and a and a and a um a thud snare yeah so do you know what I mean? like mm-hmm. a, like a second snare but a yeah so the top end was taken with with a tambourine but you had that that layered thud, sound that great or, yeah orchestrally kind of thing done in the big room so you've got yeah the orchestration you have the the reverb and all that kind of stuff um but here this boom on every second snap and we were just like okay well, yeah there's <laughs> some dodgy it. drummers <laughs> if they tune the snare the right way you can get that out of it anyway yeah, loads. I've got yeah got a few of them in there um, anyway he he was at his sister's house made a cup of tea walked into a room and knocked it against a, a, a lamp an Ikea lampshade that was the sound brilliant so he brought the lampshade in, made a cup of tea. Obviously, I had to make a round yeah, of a cup of tea. After <laughs> all of that, we made him pay, um, and he literally replicated that. Now that yeah. can be seen as just indulgence of of having the time to do that because bands have to pay to be in a studio and whatever. But it's something that I I hold dear in terms of the DIY ethic. Nowadays, yeah, it's like absolutely. learn how to fucking record, yeah. Even at a, a, a demo level, understand mics, m- mess about. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. have the time. You don't need to spend money. Learn about production. Yeah. Well, you say it could be indul- it's indulgent, but I think it's actually visionary because you know the guy that does the Star Wars sounds. Yeah. The, like that oh, whole God, um, yeah. the laser. You know, like whoa, it's a wire, whoa. isn't it? It's yeah. like a, a communications wire yeah. on a pole, and he hits the thing, and it's like, and it's like, yes. You know, if you ever saw a lightsaber, yeah, you know what they sound like, yeah. and it's a fake, it's a made-up thing. If you, if, when people, kids get the toys, they're making the sound. You know, I'm having a moment. Yeah, I'm having a moment. It's, but so, it's, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, guy heard that. Is that indulgent or is that visionary? Is that is that yeah. allowing your brain to? organically create beautiful new things that's what it sh- that's what music should be it's like an art form it's supposed to express it's supposed to challenge. develop challenge uh, emote mm. yeah it's all those things isn't it it is and, and uh, sonic's an underplayed kind of an underconsidered thing i think well exactly and i think because we were schooled by um talk talk yeah yeah you know um lack of form just I don't know I mean you know I, 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 I very rarely listen to those records um, but yeah you, you can probably tell by that sort of little lull it, it hit deep yeah, on all of what, us what was your moment you said I had a moment did I talk uh, over it and... Ascension Ascension Day um, right by um, Talk Talk right and it's it's one of those oh god <laughs> one of those moments yeah. which, which music should have that effect changes you yeah. yeah and everything that you've just mentioned yeah is all within that have you got a track like that that, that, oh, that did stop you sonically yeah mm, probably well, I don't Somewhere know. There. I don't know. It's not kind of a lot of my sonic sort of enjoyment has never been in that ex- exploratory area. It's more right. that's more in film actually. I love I love film mm. and how sound is used in film. 
that's that's incredible. That that wakes my mind up. That makes me mm. kind of go, okay, I'm in. L- let's get entertained, you know. With music. Have you done that? Have you ever done well, a asked session? Around with sound. With, yeah. I've never done a session for for film stuff, okay. no, but um Yeah, I've asked around with sound. Yeah. I think for a time I wanted to learn to sing. And I thought I'm going to go wow. for lessons and then I just started singing and recording it on my phone. It's kind of the, the bug bit with like, how do I get that tone out of my voice? No oh, lessons, yeah. no, just like a pure love of it. And I'm going for this kind of sound that I've heard on this song that I like, gives me goosebumps. Mm. How do I get it? Just mess around with it. So it's, it's basically give a shit. It's, give a shit. It's, I guess it's technique practice. Mm-hmm. It's listening. It's all the same thing. Just do it. Just do it. Love it. Just love it. If you don't love it, <laughs> you've got no chance. But yeah, It's in true, because that, that does carry you through, doesn't it? I think it's like, and and you know I do think that a lot of people lose that. I lost the love somewhere in in there. Yeah. I lost a bit of the love yeah. as you get older, you know. And I don't know if it's my journey or just life or what, but you just sort of go, "This is the most important thing yeah. in in my life." It teaches me everything I know. Like, what was I doing the other day? This is a bit somber, but I was thinking, <laughs> "What's my funeral song? What would what would be my funeral song?" I was like, "Shit, it's got to be good. It's got to be deep. It's got to be good. It's got to be rich." It's mm-hmm. got to say lots. It's got to say everything I wanted to say. You know, like, th- the fact that I'm even thinking about that, Yeah. you know, at my mm. young age, is ridiculous. But it's, I know that it's that deep, that important. What would you want? I was thinking the guitar, man. Do you know that? I don't know. I forget who it's by, but um, it's just got a beautiful slide guitar, mm. great lyrics about the power of music, about going on somewhere else and still wanting to love music. It's amazing. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The, what is it? The Guitar Man. The Guitar Man. The guitar it's man. it's a da 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 baby, it's the Guitar Man. Oh, yeah. It's a great song. I forget oh, who it's yeah. by, though. I, I always take the piss, me. I'm just like, whenever I think about that funeral <laughs> song, it'll be... The, the, there's loads of memes of... <laughs> there was an, an Irish Benny guy. Benny Hill theme tune. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would. Um, there was a, uh, I think it was on TikTok. This Irish guy who, who had literally everybody round the graveside, and he and he had the let me out, let me out. <laughs> there's a, there's a. My wife's got a family relative who's who was cremated and wanted uh, great balls of fire. <laughs> it's I, like, I mean, it's highway to hell, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, it's. Um, I, I, yeah. Or, but either whether it's humour or. You know, yeah, really exactly. saying something about like there's a song by James Taylor called "Daddy's All Gone." I was listening to it the other day. Mm. It just started bawling because it's about a guy who's on tour doing music, mm. can't get back to see his kid, and it's just, it's just so deep. You know, yeah. you're like listening to it going, oh, and every note, every vibrato, every consonant, every aspect of that, the harmony, yeah. it's just like hits you so much more than a bit of rhythm and a melody and some chords. It's like, that's one way of looking at it. Mm. But when you actually look into it, maybe that's the thing about getting older as well. You like listen to music and just go, this means a lot more. Like I never really bothered with lyrics when I was younger. There's no interest. It was just like, what's the beat? What's the pattern? You know, <laughs> you do know what I mean? And yeah. then suddenly you start to realize how the power how important. of it. Yeah. It's huge. It is. I think experiential You've just got a lot, a lot more in the bag, mm. really, just to draw upon. And there's, there's also that, you know, mortality kicking in, which, yeah, I mean, we're still young, we still got stuff to do. 
<laughs> stuff <Hopefully>. we can do. <laughs> Some of it. Um, what do you think? We've got we've got we've covered a few nuggets there. Yeah. Um, we, sure we, the, the plan was, ladies and gentlemen, um, was to do two half an hour interviews. Brian interviewing me and then me interviewing Brian. Um, went tits again. Again, that went tits. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I think I think we've got some nuggets, which which is always the central theme now. Yeah. Um, of these these chats, podcasts, whatever you want to call them, really. Um, I love that. Me too. It's good. It's different one. It? It's different to the other ones. A lot of the other ones have been about education. Yeah. I feel like this one was more about music. I wonder what the next one will be about. <laughs> I think it, it's good because it's quite a, a, maybe a bit self-indulgent, but I think it's, it's quite cathartic in terms of getting a clearer a clearer picture. Um. Mm. And to, to quote the Elich, yeah, you know, who um, hopefully will be on this um, um, in time, uh, is getting out your own way mm. and not overthinking shit. There you go. That's another one. That's that's actually a Kenny Beats nugget, I think. Um, don't overthink shit. I'm going to leave the listeners with something to think about there, because when you're younger, do you not get? Do you not think there's a lot of that? Like I remember being obsessed. How do I play my? How do I get a double in my pedal? And it was like, well, just do it. You know, or remember going to a Steve Gadd clinic? Can you talk about groove and sort of? Can you give us a kind of insight into? Just think about it. And actually, the, at the time, it was just like, oh, do me a favor, give me some more. Like, tell me <laughs> what do I need to do to fix this thing? But all those answers are right. Yeah. And what you just, you know, like so. I guess the answer when it comes to music is, you know, one of my biggest nuggets, if you will, is just love it. Mm. Is give a shit and love it because if you don't. And if you don't have that, go back and find it because at some point you did. You really did love it at some point. And recognize that moment. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, the, uh, you will remember it. You know, a couple of the moments that we've spoken about today. Because in two years, three years, five years, 10, 20, 30 years, it'll just hit you and you'll be like, oh my God. Theme tune to Top Cat, I think it was for me. Da, da. That big band is steaming, or or actually Pink Panther. Swing on that. Oh, it's you know just amazing. Well, maybe that's it though. The art form was visual, and it was it was over. It was like over sensory. It's not just about Mm. you know. So maybe you you put the stamp on music as like a, it's an art form. Of course it is, but it works well with so many other art forms, including life. The art form of life. It's like it just fits the tapestry of people's lives, doesn't it? And it can fit the the visual of a movie, and it's just like, it just feels like it's what we all need to. Exactly, invest in. <laughs> it, it it does because you see that person walking down the street, headphones in, and they've got swagger. Mm. So whatever they're listening to, they they are living it, mm. and they are the, the 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 physical embodiment of what is going in on in that tune. Definitely. Wow. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Um, get in touch. Um, DMs on Insta. And we'll try and get back to you as soon as possible. Um, thank you, mate. Another another corker, I thank think, you. in the bag. Yeah, it's good. It's really good fun. Nice Take one. it easy. Take it easy.